Oh boy, what a what a wild podcast we have today. Hi everybody, Harland Williams here, and this is the Harland Highway. You're rolling down it with me, and uh, what a what a show we have today. Celebrity races. We're gonna do go to the celebrity racetrack with Charles Parsley. We have some incredible celebrities that'll be charging down the racetrack today. Gonna be an exciting race. Also, uh, I'm, I got a phone call from one of the friends of the young gentleman that ran into the fire at Burning Man and killed himself. And I'm going to play that phone call for you and have a discussion about it. It's kind of intense, but uh, it was good to hear from from this uh, this individual, and, and you'll hear my response as we go along, okay? Also, some somehow yours truly got pulled into thermonuclear war. Yeah, I mean, a few weeks ago it was Hillary Clinton pulling me into her election loss. I know Donald Trump has pulled yours truly into the nuclear war debacle between the rest of the world and North Korea. Where do you hear this freaking thing that I'm involved in now somehow inadvertently? And then also a uh, we have North Korean news, of course, and then a crazy story about a service animal. I'm getting real sick and tired of these service animals. So I'm your service animal. I'm here to make you laugh. Let's do it. This is the Harland Highway. <laughs> Put on your seatbelt. It's about to get bumpy. Oh, how perfectly awful. I get my kids above the waistline, sunshine. When will they take the bandages off? We don't know who we are. We don't know where we are. You're riding down the Harland Highway. Let us out of here! Please! Let me tell you. You're starting something here that... That's what you should be frightened of. Oh, fuck yeah, bud. Just leave us alone. Sit down, strap in, and shut up. What's going on? What's the matter? I thought maybe if I could kill him, I could make him stop. My mother never breastfed me. She told me she liked me as a friend. Who are we? This is the Harland Highway. What? It's the Harland Highway. It's it's a cookbook. Well, I want to do a little bit of a follow-up phone call here for you. As, as you know, a few podcasts back, it, it, I had a bit of a tragic podcast. It was a hard one to do, uh, and it was the one where I talked about seeing a guy die. I watched a guy run into the fire at the Burning Man Festival. It was it was very sad, and uh, and uh, interestingly enough, I guess uh, a person who was a friend of the man who died in the fire uh, called the Harlan Highway hotline and left me a message. And it was actually really great to hear from this guy. I'll, I'll play the message for you right now and then talk about it on the other side of hearing his message. So here it is, uh, a friend of the gentleman who uh, sadly passed away when he ran into the giant uh, fire at Burning Man just a few weeks ago. Hey, Harlan, it's Woody. I just wanted to thank you for doing the podcast about uh, my friend Joel, who passed away at Burning Man this year. It was a surprise to hear you talk about him on the podcast, but it it indeed uh, you know helped with a little closure and some processing on it, and you know to hear to hear about how he you know when you said that he was laughing and playing and running around and evading the security people before the accident that indeed was 
what he was like. He was an absolute clown. Reminded me of, maybe he doesn't remind me of you, but shit, he's a funny dude. He would uh, dress up in costumes and just prank on people like you wouldn't believe. So, you know, from you, a comedian, talking about my friend Joel as a comedian a little bit, it was uh, it was sweet, and I could tell that you were sincere and heartfelt about it. And, um, you know, it wasn't easy to listen to. In fact, I don't think I listened to every second of it, but I did appreciate it, and uh, and Joel really does deserve a uh, you know, a memorial in the way that you did it. So thanks again, Harlan. Keep up the good work, buddy. Take care. Bye. Wow, Woody. Uh, man, you don't know how much that call means to me. I mean that that was uh, that was a really special phone call for me to 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 get from you to know that you were friends with this man who was uh, Joel, who was a complete stranger to me. But to know that you were his friend and and for you to describe to us a little of of who he was and what he was like and that he was full of life and and liked to make people laugh and. Uh, that's that's both beautiful and also makes it even a little more hard to hear that he he's not with us anymore because it sounds like he was a wonderful guy and uh for for my part in in you know trying to talk about him and memorialize him and know that you as a friend approved of it and and thought that it was uh something good and that it touched you to a degree uh that makes me feel good as well and uh Man, I, I know the pain that I felt uh, just seeing the event happen and 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 Joel being a complete unknown to me, being a stranger, so I can only imagine, Woody, what you're feeling and what you're going through and that, that you're probably having to deal with it on a much deeper level than me or the random strangers that, that saw the event. Uh, so in a small way, thank you, well, not in a small way, in a big way, thank you for reaching out and taking the time to, you know, help me process it a little bit by, by you know, you putting a, a face and a personal touch on, on, on Joel and, uh, and, and, you know, somehow filling in the blanks a little for myself and maybe for anyone who's listening. Uh, you know, one thing I, I think I might have to do, and I've never done this, you know, when people call in to the Harland Highway hotline, it, 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 you know, it shows, it shows their phone number here. And, you know, I never use those or I never call anyone because it's about you guys calling me, but the answering machine, you know, collects that data. And I think in this situation, I, I, I think I'm going to try and reach out to Woody I think I'm actually going to try and call him because one of the the lingering things that I think I want to know and I think everybody who listened to the story wants to know and it's one of the first things people ask me when I when I bring the story up and I'm sure you, that Woody might have the answer they always say was the guy that jumped in the fire Joel was he out of his mind on drugs was he was he drunk was he hallucinating was he like, was he suicidal? People are trying to find the reasons, and especially for those of us who witnessed it. We, we really 
kind of want to know the reasons because, to be honest, it, the, that question is haunting me. I, I mean, I don't know if it helps or makes it worse, but to know if maybe Joel was having a rough time in life and wanted to end it or knowing that Joel was maybe high as a freaking kite and hallucinating and didn't know what he was doing. Or maybe he was just completely normal and everything was okay and he did something stupid. But but I think one of the burning questions that agonizes me, and maybe you folks that listened, is, is why? W-H-Y. Why did he do it? Why would someone do it? Why? They would have to know that jumping into a hundred-foot fire would be the end of it. And so for the first time ever in the history of my podcast, I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out to, to Woody and, and, and call him and maybe get some answers and hope that he's okay with it. I, I hope Woody would be okay with it. He kind of reached out to me, and I, I'm, I in turn am going to reach out back to him. And, and maybe he can help fill in even more blanks and tell us more about this poor gentleman that lost his life and maybe it helps me put some closure on it. And because I got to tell you folks, since it happened, I think I think about it almost every day. It's, it's, it's something that, that comes into my mind every day and it, and it's been a number of weeks now and I still picture it. I still picture that, that, that man jumping into a giant wall of fire and I still picture the, the, the fireman pulling, dragging his body out on the ground, and it's smoldering, and, and a lot of imagery in my head. And, and as, as I've said, as you can imagine, it was quite horrific. And so, so I, I think I need to talk to Woody and see if he can give me some answers and maybe help, help me, you know, deal with it and understand it maybe and, and come to terms with it. So, so there you go. I don't know if you guys think that's a bad move or a good move, and I certainly hope Woody doesn't mind, but I'm, I, I think I'm going to do it, and, and I'll report back to you guys, and maybe we can all kind of close our eyes, say a prayer, and go, wow, so that's why he did it. So there you go. Uh, thank you for calling, Woody, and uh, let, let's keep moving on with the show in the name of Joel being a funny guy. And bringing laughter to the world and, and maybe being a little bit like me is what he said. In honor of, of Joel, let's bring the funny and, and keep the podcast going. And, and let's start uh, slapping some giggles on your faces, right? All right, here we go. I'm a guanka in a bunker quunk. An Eskimo. You're a guanka in a bunker quunk in Eskimo? Right. He's a guanka in a bunker quunk in Eskimo. Is that Interrupt this podcast for an important North Korean news update. Cha! Ah, boy! Ah, soon in Ichira Marinda, Ichi! Ichirani! Ah, would it so? Would it so even sooner, Marinda? Morago? This is Hari Valgunavaga, crushes, looking on the Grundaitoni. Tatarita! Oh, <laughs> 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 
We now return to our regularly scheduled programming. We'll keep you updated as events unfold. She packed my bags last night, pre-flight. Zero hour, 9 a.m. Well, speaking of the North Korean news, this, this is cracking me up, man. This is hilarious. Um, <laughs> you, you remember uh, like like a week ago, I told you that I got pulled into Hillary, presidential candidate Hillary Clinton, pulling me into her blame game for losing the presidency. Remember, I, I played you that whole bit about how she uh, referenced my character in something about Mary, the uh, the demented, deranged serial killer hitchhiker with the seven-minute abs. Hillary said that's how Bernie Sanders was and, and that it helped cost her the election. So yours truly got inadvertently pulled into the, uh, into the fray, the presidential fray, and now it's happened again. Uh, Donald Trump uh, threw a tweet earlier this week and then uh, just uh, two days ago during his uh, first UN speech to the world he referenced our friend Kim Jong that's how I say his name I always pretend he's getting kicked in the balls at the end Kim Jong Un it's like Kim Jong but anyways, he's he's referenced and labeled Kim Jong Un as Rocket Man. Yeah, I guess because uh, you know the evil emperor, whatever the hell he is, uh, keeps launching these uh, these these nuclear rockets into the air. And so Donald Trump, which I find very funny, regardless of the reference to to me and my movie Rocket Man. It's just a funny title. It's it's kind of demeaning and insulting, and you gotta figure it gets under Kim Jong skin. But for those of you that don't know, I did a uh, Disney movie back in the '90s called Rocket Man. I was the star of the movie. I I was Rocket Man, and uh, and it was a really great movie. It's one of my favorite movies. I'm super proud of it. It's a it's a great comedy. Lots of physical comedy, and it's it's really funny. It's about the first guy to ever go to Mars. My character Fred Randall is, becomes the an astronaut, uh, a, a, an unassuming astronaut who somehow fumbles his way on, on into the first manned mission to Mars and becomes the first human to ever step on Mars. And uh, it, uh, it it's just a really fun movie. I recommend you watch it. And uh, people just seem to love the movie, which makes me happy. I had a great time doing it. But anyhow, Trump uh, is now calling Kim Jong-un Rocket Man. And uh, I want you to listen to a little snippet from his speech at the UN where he references... Uh, the evil emperor as Rocket Man. The United States has great strength and patience, but if it is forced to defend itself or its allies, we will have no choice but to totally destroy North Korea. Rocket Man is on a suicide mission for himself and for his regime. 
The United States is ready, willing, and able. But hopefully, this will not be necessary. <laughs> it just cracks me up, you know, because uh, the reason it really cracks me up, because when he says Rocket Man, it, it's almost like calling me by my nickname or, you know, calling me personally, because over the years, I think Rocket Man's like, you know, 15, maybe 20 years old now. And so over the years, many of my friends and people that I meet at shows or just people in the street will call me Rocket Man. They'll go, hey, great to meet you, Rocket Man. Hey, Rocket Man. Or, or my friends will do it as a joke. Hey, what's up, Rocket Man? So, so that's like almost like a second name to me, Rocket Man. <laughs> and so, so when I hear him saying it, it just makes me laugh. Rocket Man. And if you if you watch the movie Rocket Man, my character Fred Randall is such a sweet, lovable, innocent guy that wouldn't harm a flea. And now his Rocket Man's name is associated with a, you know, a global tyrant who's threatening to uh, you know, sink Japan and wipe America off the face of the earth and and you know, blow up the world if he wants to. So it's just a, it's just such a funny contradiction here. But uh, the, the reason I kind of became aware of this is that my Twitter keeps lighting up uh, because every time he references Rocket Man, everyone gets on my, my Twitter feed and starts, uh, you know, tweeting and sending pictures of Rocket Man and all this. Here's some of the Steve Mulis writes, how excited is Harlan Williams right now? Rocket Man revival. Oh yeah, that would that would be great. Here's one from Phil Braun. Harlan Williams is the one and only Rocket Man. Thank you, Phil. Uh, this one made me laugh. High quality poison says, thanks a lot, Harlan Williams. We're all gonna die. <laughs> Oh, my God. Here's another one from Brian Brinkman. What if this is all viral marketing to kickstart a sequel to Harlan Williams' Rocket Man? I'd throw down $20 towards that. Oh, my God. From your lips to God's ears. I've always wanted to do a sequel to Rocket Man. I'll tell you, man. If I, if I could ever do a sequel, it would be to that. Here's one from The Mark. We all know the real Rocket Man is Harlan Williams. Thank you, buddy. Here's one from Eric Janvier. Rocket Man is on a suicide mission to space. <laughs> oh, man. And they just go on and on. I mean, it's just really funny. Here's one. Uh, Stuart Saturated Matt. I'm confused. Which Rocket Man is real Donald Trump wanting to destroy? Elton John or Harlan Williams? <laughs> oh, God. Here's another one. Uh, Nostradamus. I never thought the 20th anniversary of Rocket Man would put us on the brink of nuclear war. Congrats, Harlan Williams and Disney's Rocket Man. How do I get pulled into these things? First, uh, Hillary blames me. Uh, here's one from Crystal. I'm very disappointed that Rocket Man is a reference to Kim Jong and not the fantastic Harlan Williams. Oh, well, thank you, Crystal. In a way, it's it's a shout-out to both of us, I guess. Here's one. Senor Bloomburgo. Senor Bloomburgo. 
Carla Williams, why does real Donald Trump hate you so much, Rocket Man? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, here's one from Tim Thoughts. Harlan Williams can still handle this role. No need to hand it over to Kim Jong-un. True, I can still handle it. Uh, so this is just really funny to me. I mean, the, first my Twitter my Twitter feed lit up with the Hillary thing, and now it's lighting up with old Kim Jong-un. So uh, just, just a little bit of craziness there. Uh... Maybe it will kickstart, uh, rejuvenate the Rocket Man. Maybe, maybe they will do a second one now. Like, well, if the president's talking about it, we got to do a sequel. Rocket Man two. Yeah, I can dream. Anyways, that's just part of our crazy world. And since we're talking crazy, Rog, why don't we do a crazy news story? How about that, man? The Harland Highway. Crazy news story. That's weird. Wow. That's strange stuff. All right, this headline plays right into what I kind of had to deal with on the last podcast, where there was a story about a lawsuit over a monkey that took a selfie, and, uh, you know, uh, they, they had to figure out who had the rights to the photo, and I was just... So in keeping with the whole animal thing, listen to this crazy news story headline. This one, this is almost... This should almost be under the Harlan gets pissed off banner, but we'll keep it as a crazy news story for now. Here it is. Baltimore schools approve miniature horses as service animals. Now, you know this service animal thing, right? That, that you know, it, it, it existed when I was growing up when you'd see severely handicapped people, blind people that, that had, you know, disfigured faces and eyes. You could You could clearly see that... People had uh, damaged eyes and cloudy eyes and their, their eyes were crooked or they had dark glasses and they had the white cane and they couldn't walk and they, they needed a service dog, okay? And now I get on the airplanes at Delta and United and American and, and there's hot actresses who look like extremely uh, physically fit, beautiful, perfect, Victoria's Secret-style human specimens who have to get on the plane with their service animals. Oh, yeah, they're bringing their dogs and their cats and their parrots and their snakes. It's a service animal. It calms me down. I'm so delicate. I'm such a flower. I'm, I'm in such a... I'm in such a genteel psychological mental state. If I don't, if I don't have this dumb dog with me, I'm gonna go ballistic. I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a meltdown. Yeah, right. It's it's so disgusting to see it. It's either an excuse to not have to pay to put your dog on the airplane in in the baggage compartment where everyone else has to put their dog. Or it's just you you think you're better than everyone and you don't give a crap about other people's needs or desires. Maybe people have allergies to animals. Maybe people don't want to smell your animal. Maybe people don't want to see your animal. Maybe people are irritated. Maybe your animal makes noise. But, oh, we don't want your fragile state of mind to be disrupted. You better bring your, your dog with you all the way across the country on an airplane because you're so special and you, you lied to the airline saying it's a service animal and all you really did was buy a cheap imitation service animal vest online for 
Wow, this is a little bit of I'm pissed off and crazy news story. So so here we go. Miniature horses. You've seen these. They're like little, they look like ponies, but they're actually little tiny horses. They're like midget horses. Here we go. Students in need of a service animal at Baltimore schools may now rely on miniature horses according to the guidelines approved Tuesday. The Baltimore Public Schools Board of Commissioners said miniature horses, horses smaller than 34 inches tall, I can't believe we're even talking about this, are allowed on school grounds as service animals to students, staff, and visitors if they are potty trained and obey their handler. Yeah, because I'm going to be in biology class, and I'm going to tell my horse, you know what, dude, this is an hour-long class. Don't shit on the floor. Yeah, because a horse will listen. The horses can be used as an alternate to serve as dogs, also allowed on school properties. According to the American with Disabilities Act, miniature horses should be permitted as service animals, quote, where reasonable. That means in addition to... Only allowing trained horses, the facility must also be able to accommodate the animal's size. Plus, the horse's presence can't be a safety concern. So you know how a lot of these uh, these buildings and 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 and, uh, and facilities and and public uh, structures have to be uh, fitted with with wheelchair ramps and and all kinds of uh, special things. I did a whole podcast about how. Pools and hot tubs in hotels now have to have $40,000 winches bolted to the ground by the pool and hot tub now so that people with disabilities can go swimming. Well, that's great. We don't want people with disabilities to be deprived. But as a guy who's been going to hotels for the last 30 years, it's rare you see someone with disabilities go in and out of the pool. And again, we don't want anyone to be deprived, but what they don't tell you is these these, uh, these this equipment costs hotels $80,000 to install. And they're installing this expensive stuff that's not only expensive but doesn't look good cosmetically in front of a pool or a hot tub for a sect of the population that is so minute that most of these things rarely, if ever, get used. And so now what, what they're saying here is, let, let me read this again. The facility must also be able to accommodate the animal size, meaning, uh-oh, looks like us, the taxpayers, are now going to pay for schools all over the country to install barn doors or horse doors so we can facilitate the kid that needs to come to school because he can't learn biology, math, and English unless triggers standing beside him. Yeah, I can't really focus unless my goddamn horse is beside me. So, uh, yeah, you better put in a $20,000 ramp and a $50,000 barn door. And, yeah, you know, while you're at it, why don't you just uh, put a stall in from my horse? And uh, could I have four bales of fresh hay and some grass seed? I mean, folks, what is happening, man? And I'm, this isn't about knocking anyone with a disability or knocking anyone who has special needs, but where does it end? I mean, where does it freaking end? What what are we willing to to put up with? Oh, I've I you know what? I need a giraffe. Yeah, I just 
I just don't feel myself without an 18-foot giraffe at my side. You know, boy, oh, boy, can you? Can I get my giraffe on the airplane? Because I have to fly to school, and I'm going to need a 19-foot archway in the front of the school because, you know, I don't want my giraffe to hit its head. You know, he's 18 feet, so I need that head space, that clearance. So, yeah, can you, can you? Oh, and by the way, um, I need my hippo with me, too, for gym class. You know, just... Just for, you know, just so I don't have a panic attack. Good Lord. Adult miniature horses can weigh up to 250 pounds, according to the American Miniature Horse Association. Okay, so now what about the kids at school who are maybe frightened by a small horse? What about the kids at school that now become at risk should the horse become agitated one day and kick a kid? And I don't know if you've ever seen a horse kick, but they could kill you, man. Even a miniature horse would pack a wallop. But do we care about all the other kids who could be hurt or injured or catch some kind of airborne disease from the horse feces dropping all over the biology lab or an English class? Does the horse hair cause allergies to anyone? I mean, folks, really? And here's where, the, here's where the proof in the pudding is. None of this stuff existed 20, 30 years ago. Everyone was just fine. But now people just come up with stuff. It's like the monkey thing where... Some guy left his camera out, the monkey took a selfie, and some group's got to get involved and claim that the monkey owns the rights to the, to the selfie. And now some group claims that, well, kids need a, you know, if this kid doesn't have a horse with them, you know, in science class, he could become a problem child. Uh, can I just uh, throw something out here? Do you think maybe your kid's got a problem already if he needs to walk around town with a freaking horse? A baby miniature horse on top of it? What is happening to this country? It, it, it's now, now, I could see if this was a one-off, if this was like a special kid who was, uh, you know, maybe he was a, a, a kid with... Uh, with, uh, you know, Down syndrome, or maybe the kid uh, had, uh, I'm, tr I'm trying to think of some other kind of uh, physical or mental ailments, and sometimes you read these stories where a child connects with a dolphin, or a, a child has a special connection with a dog or something, and those are one in a, one in a million, okay, autism or, or other things like that, are we opening the door to kids having an excuse to bring their horse to school? Hey, man, where do you go to school? Uh, I go to Little House on the Prairie over there on 5th Street. Um, oh, is that the school where they allow horses? Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Oh, cool, because I just got a black Angus calf, and, uh, you know, I can't be without the smell of veal. My father's a cook, and if I if I don't smell veal, I you know I break out in acne. My ankles swell up, and I could get pregnant. Oh well, come on down to my school. Yeah, I'm sure since they allow horses, they'll allow baby calves. Okay, awesome. Oh God. 
and again, I'm not ragging on people or children with special needs. I get it. Some people, the odd, odd person needs it. But how far open do we, do we push this door? You know, uh, you know, my kid really can't focus unless he's surrounded by 12 circus clowns. So I hope you don't mind if we have 12 circus clowns. Yeah, my child can't comprehend uh, the education system unless he's laying face down on a table and has 12 Turkish masseuses rubbing olive oil on his back and on his naked buttocks. I mean, where do we, where do we draw the line on all this lunacy? At what point do we just go, you know what? Hey, we're sorry for your kid, but we really can't have a large hoofed animal wandering through the school. We might have to make other arrangements. We might have to homeschool. We might have to find some tutors. Or maybe, you know, maybe send your kid to a therapist, help him work through the issues so that he doesn't have to go through life with a fucking horse beside him. I mean, is this fucking horse going to be there at, at his wedding? I now pronounce you man and wife <laughs> and horse. Is this guy going to be there the first time he loses his virginity? Oh, take me, David. Okay, as long as my horse can come. You know what? Forget it. Um, Is, it, is this horse going to be there when he goes to the DMV? I mean, how, how, where doesn't he need his horse? If he can't cope at school with his horse, I guess he can't cope sitting in a movie theater. I mean, what what is the is the kid picking buildings and areas of life where he has to have a horse? What do does he have to bring the horse to the food court at the mall? Does the horse have to watch while he has sexual intercourse? Does he I mean, where does it end, man? At what point do uh, we, the people, go, uh, you know, the whole horse thing? Yeah, a uh, load of horse shit is what it is. It's not a horse, kid. It's a load of horse shit. And the reason why I'm ragging on it so much is because the more we open this door, the more other kids are going to start to see it. They're going to take advantage of it. Parents who are too weak to stand up to their children are going to buckle in and it's just going to become more and more of a carnival. And then more and more people are going to get aggravated and things are going to go wrong and fights are going to start and people are going to get mad. And it's all because no one has the balls to say, no, you can't bring a goddamn horse to school. If you've got an issue, go see a horse whisperer. Go talk to a doctor. Get some help, kid. But this is a school where we sit at our desks and we learn we don't bring large hoofed animals that shit on the floor into the classroom. What, a dog's not enough for this kid? You, you, you know, you couldn't just get a big dog. And by the looks of these, these miniature horses, a Great Dane's bigger than these horses. But no, it's, it's got to be a horse, specifically a horse. Can be nothing but a horse. I mean, I, I, I how was, how was this kid raised? What did, what did his parents do? Is that, is that mental abuse? Is that child abuse? At what point are you a bad parent when you've raised a kid that can't function without a living fucking horse by his side? What is wrong with you? 
So there you go. I might have miscategorized this segment. This might have got this should have probably been split with the, you know, you're pissing me off and the crazy news story. But that's it. I'm just reporting it, folks. I, I could be wrong, but I think I'm right. The Harland Highway crazy pissed off news story. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Holland Highway Celebrity Races. I'm Charles Parsley. Our celebrities are at the post today. They're lined up, ready to run. We have Tyra Banks, supermodel and host of America's Got Talent. Next to her in the next stall, number four, is Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner wearing a wonderful flowing dress and heels as she gets ready to run down the celebrity racetrack. And in track one and two, late-night television hosts Stephen Colbert and Seth Meyers. They're all jostling, ready to go. They're amped up, waiting for the bell for this celebrity race to begin. And there it is. There's the bell. The gates are open and the celebrities are charging down the track. It looks like Caitlyn Jenner is having a bit of trouble. Her high heels getting stuck in the deep soil on the track. And it looks like Tyra Banks is charging down the track, taking the lead. She's obviously stuffed her overweight body into a dress that's too tight and it must be pumping blood to her legs. Her chubby legs are swelling up and it's giving her extra horsepower. Here comes Stephen Colbert and Seth Meyers. They're running in tandem, side by side, running past the crowd. They stop. They stop in front of the crowd. It looks like they're addressing the crowd. They're standing there and they're making some anti-Trump jokes. They've just labeled Trump a racist and a homophobe and after their comments they are standing there gloating looking very proud of themselves marinating in their own comedy and yet half the crowd doesn't really seem to support them and here comes Caitlyn Jenner Caitlyn Jenner tried to move down the track in frustration Caitlyn Jenner's taken her high heels off they look like they could be Prada heels very expensive she's thrown them over the fence Caitlyn Jenner running barefoot but it's not really helping meanwhile Tyra Banks Tyra Banks her dress getting tighter her supermodel body days long gone by her dress it's popping open it's ripping at the seams she cannot contain her flubber and it's causing the blood that was pumped to her legs to slow down and now Seth Meyers and Stephen Colbert have gone into the crowd it looks like they're starting to do a late night TV monologue more anti-Trump jokes as they stand there with with these gloating looks on their face very self-satisfied that they've labeled a man a racist and equated him to Adolf Hitler they look so self-serving and so proud of themselves oh do they look clever but the crowd's booing them they're not having any of it and here comes here comes Caitlyn Jenner she's trying to get some steam she's trying and it looks like oh my goodness she's ripped her dress off Caitlyn Jenner's ripped her dress off and she's pulling off her breasts she's ripped her breasts off what is happening here she's holding her breath she's holding her breath she seems to be pumping her stomach she's holding her breath and cheeks are swelling up and it looks like something's popping out of a groin area it looks like she's popped her penis back out Caitlyn Jenner is gone and now Bruce Jenner is on the track the Bruce Jenner we knew from the Olympics he's charging down the track he's racing past Tyra Banks who's given up she's laying on the track eating a full strawberry shortcake with whipped cream Bruce Jenner he's in his little shorts he's running down the track he's past Seth Meyers and 
and Stephen Colbert, too self-absorbed, thinking they're great, the comedians, and here she comes, Bruce Jenner. Bruce Jenner has won here. Oh my goodness, what a finish. Caitlyn Jenner just not able to, to find the physical power to get over the finish line and totally abandons the Caitlyn Jenner sex change and reverts back miraculously to Bruce Jenner and using all the tools in his tool chest from when he won in the Olympics, he won gold, brought back all his track and field knowledge and know-how and stormed past Tyra Banks who had a huge giant wardrobe malfunction, all her tucked in beef blowing all over the place and Seth Meyers and Stephen Colbert too self-absorbed with their diatribe on slamming Donald Trump so self-absorbed with their their tirade against our president that they actually missed out running down the track and chose to stand in the crowd and receive the adulation from the crowd for their horrible remarks. What an incredible day. I hope you enjoyed the Holland Highway Celebrity Races. I'm Charles Parsley, and we'll see you next time. Wow, what a race. What, a, what an exciting race as called by Charles Parsley. Thank you, Charles. Man, Caitlyn Jenner had to, had to uh, rev reverse her sex change and become Bruce Jenner again to pull it off, to run down the track and win. Tyra Banks trying to disguise her, her weight in, in her tight designer dresses didn't work. And, and of course, Seth Meyers and Stephen Colbert, who who I guess kind of consider themselves geniuses for making uh, repetitive anti-Trump jokes over and over and over and over again and, and saying the most slanderous and horrible things you could ever say about another human being. I guess they got just too wrapped up in their own egos and their own ratings, and they, they missed the race standing in the crowd. Oh, well, that's what happens. Uh... Goodness, so exciting. My adrenaline's still going. What a what a what a race, man. Roger, I don't think we can top that, man. I think we, we gotta end it right here. This this is uh this is the best place to, to end this this podcast, man. Are you kidding? Wow. Let's jump into some uh some announcements here. Speaking of uh self-absorbed uh, gloating stand-up comedy. <laughs> how about me? How about how about come see me be self-absorbed and and gloating in my my own stand-up marination juices? Yeah, it starts tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Portland, Oregon, uh, which I believe is a place that doesn't like Donald Trump very much. But who knows? There's 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 a little bit of everybody everywhere, isn't there? Uh, I will be at the uh, the Helium Comedy Club starting tonight, September 21st to the 24th. Please come and check it out. Going to be great shows, man. I love the, the Helium Comedy Club. Really cool crowds, really hip people. And uh, it's going to be a blast, baby. A blast. So uh, that's tonight, Thursday, uh, September 21st through to Sunday the 24th. Come on out. Get your tickets at harlandwilliams.com or you can go to uh, to Chicago and see me 
the following weekend, next weekend, and that will be September 28th through October 1st. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Uh, that'll be uh, just outside of Chicago at the Improv in Schaumburg, Schaumburg, Illinois. Uh, the Improv, great club, beautiful club, love playing there. Haven't been there for a while, so looking forward to that. And then October 12th to the 15th, yours truly will be in Irvine, California, Orange County, at the Irvine Improv, October 12th to the 15th. And then here's a new one. I'll be in Burbank, California, uh, October 20th to the 21st at Flappers. This is a great comedy club right in, right in downtown Burbank, California, two nights only. Uh, it's going to be October 20th and 21st. Very intimate club. It's you know A lot of clubs are spaced out and really big, but what's cool about Flappers, it's got lots of seats, but there's a real something about it. It's real intimate. Everyone's really up close, and it's kind of it's kind of cool, man. And then going into November, I'll be at uh, in Buffalo at the Helium Club. I'll be in San Jose at the Improv. I'll be in Edmonton, Alberta at the... Uh, at the uh, Rick Bronson Comedy Club. So check out harlowwilliams.com for all those dates. You can also order your tickets right there online at harlowwilliams.com. And uh, while you're there, check out our store. We have lots of fun gifts we can send out to you. Uh, DVDs, music. Me and my cousin have a band called The Cousins. You can buy our music on iTunes. The uh, album's called Rattlesnake Love. Hope you check it out. See if there's a song on there you like. Oh, we have my children's books on on uh, on my website. We have just all kinds of stuff. Check it out, baby. Also, uh, while you're there, uh, if you want to leave me an email, we have a uh, we have a wonderful uh, what you want to call it uh, contact link. In fact, Roger, maybe next show we should we should read some letters from the mailbag. I feel like we haven't read any of the uh, the the uh, listeners' mail for a while, so maybe next show we'll do that. Also, if you want to leave me a voicemail, oh yeah, three two three seven three nine forty three thirty, three two three seven three nine forty three thirty, and uh, you know, love to hear from you. So there you go, man. That's it. Uh, keep on keeping on. Be groovy. And uh, keep your eyes and ears peeled for Rocket Man. And uh, that's it. Thanks for being here, everybody. Tell your friends. Become a premium member if you want for $20. You get the whole library of Harland Highway podcasts, over 900 um also uh get our free app go into your uh, app store and type in the harlan highway and you will get a free app to listen to the show wherever you may be and i'll leave it right there that's it thanks again till next time chicken chow mein baby rocket man is on a suicide mission for himself and for his regime the united states is ready willing and able But hopefully, this will not be necessary.